We had started Psalm 468. The Lord my shepherd is. Now, I could never figure out how to sing this hymn. It, it is, uh, especially in the English, it's very difficult. So I'll tell you a secret. I have to study really hard to figure out how to sing this. So, for, for English, the first, second, and fourth lines of each verse, or first, second, and fourth phrases of each verse, the second note, or the second word, you essentially extend it to three beats. Right? First, second, and fourth lines. The third line, you pronounce every syllable. Alright? So whoever put this together, that's how creatively they did it. Right? So for Chinese, it's no matter because every, every syllable has a note corresponding to it. So remember, first, third, sorry, first, second, and fourth lines, the second syllable, do it extended three beats, right? So <laughs> let's try it. Okay? Start again, start again. Okay, so you get it. It's the Lord, and then I shall, and then in the end it's what, what can, okay, that's first, second, and fourth line. And then the third line, you just pronounce it. Okay, got it? Okay, together. The Lord, my shepherd is, I shall be well supplied, since he is My shepherds with me there In spite of all my foes The dust my table spread My cup with blessings overflows And joy exalts my head The bounties of thy love 
shall crown my future days. Nor from thy house will I remove, nor cease to speak thy praise. Not bad. Well, I'm sure we'll learn better next time. So, can we turn to a few scriptures? First, in John chapter 10, and verse 11. John chapter 10 and verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And verse 20. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. And then in First Peter chapter five, and verse four. First Peter chapter five, verse four. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. And then finally, in Philippians chapter 2, and verse 14, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Can we bow with a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time that you have given us. Lord, we thank you that we have one more opportunity to come before your word and to hear you speak to us. Lord, our prayer is that you may pour forth Lord, what concerns you? Lord, we do ask for an open heaven. Lord, may you speak to us. Lord, that we may not just hear the message, but Lord, we may be able to respond to your voice. Lord, we may understand what you are doing in these last days. So, Lord, we entrust ourselves completely under your headship. 
Lord, we ask for the anointing of the speaking, the translating, and the hearing. Lord, do uh, do a work in each one of us in Jesus' precious name. We all know that we have been considering on this matter of sonship. And various brothers have spoken on this matter of what it means to be sons. We know that in the Bible when it speaks about sonship, it speaks about maturity. Speaks about growing up. It speaks about being conformed to the image of his son. So it's not enough just for us to be born again. It's just not enough for us just to stay as babes. But God's heart is that each of us may grow up. We may become mature. We may become more like our Lord. So last time, uh, when I shared, I shared that one of the evidences of maturity is this matter of whether we can forgive. And we know that when it comes to this matter of forgiveness, it's actually not an option for us. It's actually demanded by the Lord. And if we do not forgive, we will actually be reprimanded by the Lord. And we touch on the fact that we not just need to forgive, but because we have to forgive 70 times 7 times, we have to forget. We also spoke about the Bible being very explicit about not holding us our anger past the sundown. And then each time as we come before the bread and the cup, we have to forgive our brothers and sisters. But another evidence or sign that we have grown up is that we can think of others. We read in Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. Paul mentions that we are not just to be merely thinking of our own personal interests. But for the interest of others. Of course, he goes on then to share after that about how our Lord did not think of himself. How, how through him everything was created. Yet he was willing to take of a form of a bondservant. And he was willing to die the death of the cross in order to save us. And we thank the Lord he rose from the dead and we know that he is seated at the right hand of the Most High. And you know that, ver- that portion of the scriptures talks about he has been given a name above every name. But brothers and sisters, our Lord, of course, is the perfect example. If He were only looking for His own interests, 
we would be hopeless. We would not have salvation. So brothers and sisters, but to be able to think about others, that's a sign of maturity. Now we know that babies are cute and cuddly. But we also know they're they're extremely selfish. All they think about is themselves. Just ask the young mothers and fathers uh, that um, their experiences the first week after the baby is born. Uh, I remember some uh, after gone, after having gone through the birth of. Uh, uh, I remember some uh, brother and sister they were having a baby I said just be a little patient I said the first week after the baby is born it's going to be the worst week of your life and then the first three months of after the baby is born. It's going to be the worst three months of your life. But then it gets better. So that's the good news. Why? Because the baby doesn't care. Doesn't care that the mother and dad need to sleep. They don't care that daddy needs to go work tomorrow. It's like, oh, maybe I won't, won't cry so he can sleep. No, you know not. that's not the case. And things don't change for quite some time. I'm sure some of you that even have teenagers, you might still think all they think about is themselves. So, uh, it, um, it doesn't matter that there are uh, uh, another hundred people on the plane. They will kick and scream and yell, doesn't matter. Because they're extremely selfish. They only think about themselves. So brothers and sisters, a sign of growth, a sign that you have become more mature, is that is when we start to learn how to share. So of course in school you teach kids you have to share. We teach our kids you have to share. So yesterday morning my son went to uh, a, a, a a basketball game. They had just formed this new team. So he had a ball. And then he had a teammate, a new teammate. I said, um, you know, and, and my son could practice. And then the, his new teammate didn't have a ball. So I said, why don't you lend him your ball? I said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Well, anyway, after a, a bit more prodding, he, he, he walked over with the ball to the other boy. 
他就走到那个新朋友那边去。And very quickly they made made friends. But something so simple. But you know, it wasn't. It didn't occur to him naturally. Hey, this kid doesn't have a ball. Maybe I should lend him my ball. So brothers and sisters, it's the same way. Spiritually. Do we think about others? Or do we think about ourselves only? It's my walk with the Lord. So then what happens? So I have a wonderful time during the week with the Lord. And if I have a normal walk, I, I, um, I do morning devotions. I pray I thank the Lord and then I come on the Lord's day and then I see brothers and sisters and then I I give my smile I dress really nicely and say hello brother and sister how are you? and then when you say how are you you don't really mean like how are you doing? And you don't really mean, do you have any issues in your life? Uh, how can I help you? Well, hopefully you don't think that way. But my own experience tells me that's the case. That a lot of times, it's so easy to just put on a smile, put on the Sunday best, pretend that everything is hunky-dory, or everything is wonderful. Hi! And then, bye! And that's it. So, but, is that what it means to think about others? Does that is that what the Lord means to not just be mind your own interest but the interest of others as well? So um, we are reminded of a story. So and um, we think about the story of Peter. Now think about Peter. He was a, a bubbly man. He was, um, uh, uh, you know, some, he, he, he was always outspoken, always spoke his mind. And remember, when the Lord said, you guys are going to betray me. He didn't say you guys, he said you will betray me. Sorry, I, I added the guy. You will betray me. Um, and then Peter said, No way, Lord, I would never do that. But you know what happened, right? So Peter not only denied the Lord, he denied him three times. So it's interesting. If we read in John chapter 21, now it's very interesting when Peter denied the Lord the Bible was very explicit in saying that there was a coal fire at the time because it was cold 
那当彼得否认主的时候，那特别讲到说旁边有火，因为那当天是蛮冷的。That was the one place that the New Testament talks about a coal fire.那就是在那边讲到有有这个炭火。But then the other time that it talks about the coal fire is in John chapter twenty-one.那在另外一次就是约翰福音二十一章。So in verse nine，第九节。So when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid and fish placed on it and bread. And remember, this this was after they were weren't able to catch any fish. And the Lord said, "Cast fish, cast cast the net on the right hand side." And then there were about there were 153 fish. And here the Lord had already prepared some breakfast. So you know the story. Because Peter denied the Lord three times in front of a coal fire. In the same way, when the Lord wanted to restore Peter, he had a coal fire set there. So if we read verse 15, so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then the Lord said something. He said to him, Tend my lambs, or feed my lambs. And then he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep or feed my sheep. 啊，第三次对他说，约翰的儿子西门爱我吗？彼得因为耶稣第三次为对他说你爱我吗？就忧愁，主耶稣说：“主啊，你是无所不知的，你知道我爱你。”耶稣说：“你喂养我的羊。”
he discovered that his love was limited. As a matter of fact, when the Lord asked Peter the question, Do you love me? He said, Do you agape me? In other words, that love that is without reservation, that love that is a self denying love. All Peter could say was, Lord, you know that I phileo you. I am attached to you. All I can dare say is I have a natural affection towards you. But I dare not say that I have a self-denying love towards you. So the, the Lord said that twice. The third time the Lord said, Do you phileo me? So that's why Peter really struggled with that third question. And that's why he grieved. Is the Lord even doubting my phileo, my natural love for him? In some ways, even that is unreliable. But Peter said, yes, I phileo you. So brothers and sisters, so the Lord went on to restore Peter. But at the same time, He was reminding Peter, in yourself, all you can do is deny me. But, because the Lord went to the cross, because the Lord died for Peter, because He rose from the dead, and now, the Lord could offer His life to Peter. So then now, by the Lord's life, Peter no longer is just able to think of himself. So, and that's why the Lord now has a higher demand of Peter. You only think of yourself, but I want much more of you. So that's why he said, feed my lambs. Shepherd my sheep. Feed my sheep. What the Lord was demanding of Peter was that he not just think of himself, but he thinks of others. So that's when verse 18 the Lord said, Truly I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. Isn't that Peter? He said whatever he wanted to say. The first thing that came to mind, he would say. He did whatever he wanted to do. Because all Peter thought of was Peter. How can Peter be in the best position? He was probably indignant at James and John when, when um, uh, they asked whether he, they could be on the left and right of the Lord. Peter probably thought, how dare they? They are not me. So you know what I mean. So this was Peter. When you were younger. When you were immature. All you could do was walk your own way. But when you grow old. Or when you mature. 
you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you. Of course, this is speaking of the Lord. As that shepherd, and bring you where you do not wish to go. And John says this was to signify by what kind of death he would glorify God. And story is that Peter eventually was crucified upside down. He said, I am not worthy to be crucified the same way my Lord was. So turn me upside down. But it was here that the Lord said to him, Follow me. So, brothers and sisters, the Lord did not just say, Hey, Peter, you're out on your own. He said, Follow my example. Said, I have already set the example for you. And so, brothers and sisters, so when the Lord said, Shepherd my sheep, He was saying, Shepherd my sheep the same way that I have shepherded you. I have set the example. So, brothers and sisters, so we. So our Lord is the greatest example. So the Lord demands that each of us shepherd one another. But the Lord has already set the example. So we earlier read three passages. And very interestingly, if you look in the New Testament, they all talk about our Lord as being the shepherd. But there are three different uh, names that or, or categorizations of what kind of shepherd our Lord is in the New Testament. And one was we read in John which was I am the good shepherd John chapter 10 and then in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 it says that um, our Lord is the great shepherd and then in First Peter and uh, chapter 5 it talks about our Lord as being the chief shepherd Chapter two. Chapter two. Uh, first Peter, uh, chapter uh, five, four. First Peter, five, four. Muzang. Muzang. Right. So, so he's the good shepherd. So he's the great shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And he's the chief shepherd. Now, um, the Lord very clearly said, "I am the good shepherd." In John chapter ten, verse eleven. He said, "Uh, John." It says, I am a good shepherd, and I lay down my life for my sheep. 
And then, of course, the Lord also talks about him being the door. But we have to enter in through him to be part of the flock. But our Lord is the good shepherd. He's not a hired man. So a hired person will just watch the sheep to get paid. You know, like, and then when the sh- when the wolf comes, or the bear comes, I'm only paid ten bucks an hour. I'm not gonna risk my life for the sheep, right? So, so, but the Lord is not this way. The Lord is the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for the sheep. And so, uh, and so we we know that's the starting point. And um, so we know these three aspects: the Lord being the good shepherd, the the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. And uh, if you think about, if you kind of just, you know, uh, and you probably don't even have to think about it. When you think about a psalm that talks about our Lord being a shepherd, what do you think of? Of course you think of Psalm 23. Right. But did you realize, did you notice that Psalm 23 is actually a part of a trilogy? So just like Star Wars, or I, I don't know, or, or Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. Oh, it doesn't matter. So, uh, it's a movie that comes in three parts. And you actually have to watch the three parts to get the whole experience. You watch one of them, it's pretty good. But if you watch all three, you really get the whole picture. Well, actually, now, in order to make more money, there's like three trilogies. Well, anyway, uh, imperfect analogy, but Psalm 23 is part of a trilogy as well. So Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24. Now, um, it is a trilogy. And if you if you look at Psalm 22, 23, 24, we see that Psalm 22 describes our Lord as the Good Shepherd. Psalm 23 describes our Lord as the Great Shepherd. And Psalm 24 speaks about our Lord as the Chief Shepherd. Psalm 22 talks about the nature of the Shepherd. Psalm 23 speaks about the work of the shepherd. And Psalm 24 speaks about the destiny of the shepherd. And Psalm 22 speaks about what he has done. Psalm 23 speaks about what he is doing. Psalm 24 speaks about what he will do. 
Psalm 22 is about yesterday. Psalm 23 is about today. And Psalm 24 is about tomorrow. So, brothers and sisters, when the Lord told Peter to shepherd my sheep, and then later he said, Follow me. Follow my example. So, brothers and sisters, this serves as the basis. Serves as the help towards us. How are we to follow the Lord? How are we to answer the Lord's call? So, um, in order to shepherd one another, to help one another, so, if we read Psalm 22, so, what is the starting point? And many of you are pretty familiar with Psalm 22, but if you're not, if we read there, it starts out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Verse 5, To you they cried out, uh, uh, sorry, for verse 6, But I am a worm and not a man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All who see me stare at me, they separate with the lip, they wag the head saying, Commit yourself to the Lord, let him deliver him, let him rescue him because he delights in him. In verse 12, many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within me. My strength is dried up like potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you lay me in the dust of death. So, brothers and sisters, clearly this is a description of our Lord's suffering on the cross. Our Lord is the good shepherd. He laid down his life for his sheep. Our Lord laid down his life for us. He saw our sorry condition. And he was willing to suffer. He was willing to lay down his life. And so, brothers and sisters, this morning, verse 25, from you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. 
all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will worship before you Brothers and sisters, isn't this the wonderful story of salvation? Isn't this a wonderful prophecy of how this morning, as families gather together, we were able to worship the Lord? But it started with the Good Shepherd laying down his life for his sheep. So, brothers and sisters, thank the Lord for He is the Good Shepherd. That is the starting point. So, the starting point is the cross. In order for the Lord to be that Good Shepherd, He needed to embrace the cross. So, brothers and sisters, this is Psalm 23. The starting point is the cross. And as he lays down his life, as Peter experienced it, on his own, he was not able. He was only able to think of himself. But thank the Lord for his finished work. And now his life dwells in us. And then we come to Psalm 23. Of course, you're very familiar with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside quiet waters. So, and then we read the whole Psalm. Is, isn't that our experience today? Our Lord is the great shepherd. If you read in Hebrews chapter 13, there it clearly talks about our Lord raising from the dead. And as through his resurrected life, he is our great shepherd. He's our faithful shepherd. He leads us beside still waters. He leads us through green pastures. He, uh, he, um, his staff and his rod comforts us. He leads us to the paths of righteousness. And even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because he is with us. He, prepare, he prepares a table. Uh, before in the presence of our enemies. And we all can say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't this our experience today? Our Lord is the wonderful and faithful uh, uh, great shepherd. But not only that, if we continue to read Psalm 24, and here it talks about the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and all, all those who dwell in it. He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And then um, the real theme of this verse is towards the end. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. 
Who is verse 10? Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. He's not only the great shepherd today, but one day he will come as the chief shepherd. He is going to reign over the whole earth. And Micah chapter 5, it talks about him being the shepherd over the whole earth. It speaks about him as the coming king. As the glorious king. And one day, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. That Jesus is Lord. He is truly the king of kings and lord of lords. So that is his destiny. But brothers and sisters, this whole story is not just about the fact that that is the Lord's destiny. But what we talked about is this. The Lord has the same destiny for each one of us. So that's why in Psalm 24, the middle part, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. So, brothers and sisters, not just the king of glory is going to be in Jerusalem. Now, we know when it here talks about lift up your heads, O gates. Now, we know that there are gates today that are shut, shut off in Jerusalem that face towards the Mount of Olives. One day those gates are going to be opened up. Then the King of Glory may come in. Our Lord is going to descend on the Mount of Olives and enter into Jerusalem. So, but but brothers and sisters, we know the king is going to be there. But verse 3 is the hope of our calling. Because it says, Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Actually, in the original, um, this word hill is the mount of the Lord. So, who may stand in his holy place? So what is what mount are we talking about? The Mount of Mount Moriah. So what is the Mount of Mount Moriah? There is the house of God. The temple of God. But not only that, but in Jerusalem, you also find the throne of David. You find the palace of Solomon. 
brothers and sisters not only is the king of glory going to be there but who may ascend to the mount of the Lord he who has clean hands and a pure heart these are the ones who seek him and then what in verse 5 he shall receive a blessing you know this word blessing is the same word that um, Isaac said to Esau your brother has taken your blessing brothers and sisters what is the hope of our calling this speaks about the ultimate goal of sonship in the house of God you, you, you have the ministry you have the priests all the priests entering into their service they worship the Lord what do you have on the mount you have the throne of David this, this, this priesthood is not just any priesthood it's a royal priesthood they're not just priests but they will reign with Christ because now they are mature they will serve the Lord they will reign with Christ what else is in the temple? the Ark of the Covenant what's inside the ark you find the tablets of stone you find the word of God not only that you find the jar of manna manna speaks about the living word of God not just logos but rhema so if you think about that mount it speaks of all of the offices mentioned in the Old Testament which are what? the prophet the priest and the king brothers and sisters we see the glorious picture of Psalm 24 this is the goal this is the destiny brothers and sisters it started with the Lord laying down his life as the good shepherd but then today the Lord is our great shepherd what is he doing he's leading us to paths of righteousness he says who can ascend to the mount he has clean hands and a pure heart so the Lord is doing a work of sanctification he's changing us he's transforming us he's taking us to the valley of the shadow of death the Bible the Psalm 23 doesn't talk about the valley of death it's the valley of the shadow of death so uh, when we were younger when um, when we had the chance and when we shut down the lights and if you had a projector we used to like make funny signs with our hands right and one of them I used to make was like a dog like, like a dog uh, you know with my hand uh, I, I don't know if you ever did that but, but that was my shadow but that shadow cannot bite 
I'm I'm definitely afraid of dogs. I own dogs. We had dogs when we were little. But my wife will tell you, I'm so afraid of dogs now. I don't know what happened. Maybe just I got old. Just the thought of being bitten, it just frightens me. But the shadow does not bite. But the dog bites. So brothers and sisters, our Lord went through the cross. He went through the valley of death. But today, as we go through with Him, it's only the valley of the shadow of death. So brothers and sisters, the Lord takes us through the cross. We have to take up the cross and follow Him. But what is He doing? He's changing us. He's transforming us. Is that we may grow up. And then one day, we can ascend to the hill of the Lord. We can reign with Him. We learn how to serve Him today. We learn how to share His Word. So that's the destiny. So brothers and sisters, this is our Lord's example. He was not just the good shepherd. He's the chief, a great shepherd. But one day He will come as the chief shepherd. So, um, and, and, so then, how, how about ourselves? So, now, when the Lord came and spoke to Peter, He said, as you grow up, you're not just going to think about yourself, but you're going to think about others. So, we certainly know, brothers and sisters, that the Lord established a certain group of people. So if you read in Ephesians chapter to take care of the saints. So if you read Ephesians chapter four verse eleven. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, some as pastors. Actually in the original it's actually shepherds. And teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. And then in First Timothy chapter three, verse one and two, it is a trustworthy statement. If many man man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. And then in chapter 13, chapter verse 8 through 10, deacons likewise must be men of dignity. So we see that clearly there are a certain group of people set aside to take care of the, the body of Christ. Special gifts, special responsibilities. But brothers and sisters, a lot of times these are misunderstood. I'll give you an example. We read that some as pastors. Actually, the only place this word shepherd is translated pastor is in this verse. Brothers and sisters, we, we often think, well, 
a church has to have a pastor, right? But what is the biblical basis? It's this verse. But if you read this verse, this is just one of the many uh, that are going to help the church. So some are set up as shepherds. But maybe because of tradition, then this was translated as pastor. So brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to share is this. The spirit behind this is not a position, but it's out of life. What do I mean? In First Timothy chapter 3, we read about overseers so or bishops or bishops so but we often think wow that must be a positional thing and we think wow deacons they must be somebody special but brothers and sisters as we know, we always have to let the Word of God interpret the Word of God. So, what is the seek? What is the? Um, what, we have to then read one verse, and that is in First Peter chapter two. And it's interesting that it's Peter who we read previous verses that told us this. But First Peter chapter two and verse twenty-five. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. We were straying like sheep, but now we have returned to the Lord. Who is the Lord? He's the shepherd. The word is poimen. And guardian. You know this word guardian in the original is episcopus. Guardian of your souls. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is the ultimate overseer of our souls. The Lord is the ultimate shepherd of our souls. And then one more thing. So, so, Brothers, did you see this? As the Lord was our shepherd, so we can be shepherd to others. As the Lord is our guardian or our overseer, so we can be overseers to others. Brothers and sisters, start with the life and example of our Lord. And you know that word deacon? It's only translated deacon in the English in 1 Timothy chapter 3. But you know in the original word, that word is diakonos. It's nothing but the word servant. So, uh, uh, and uh, other places that we find the word diakonos is um, verse Matthew 20, 26. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Remember in the wedding of Cana of Galilee, 
His mother said to the servants. 那在加拿的婚宴啊，他他的母亲呃，就这些佣人说。His mother said to the diaconos. 在对这些 diaconos. Brothers and sisters, we mystify some of these words. 我们把一些的这些词把它变得更大。We think that because in a, a company today, 因为好像就像在一个公司里面。If you have a title, 那如果你有一个特别的 director, vice president, managing director, 你是什么什么 ？You are somebody. You can rule over a bunch of people. But brothers and sisters, the starting point of these words. How the Lord ministered to us. We are to minister to one another. There's nothing mystical about being a deacon. Being a deacon is just no, no. Deacon is just to be a servant. An overseer. Can oversee. Because our Lord is the overseer. We can shepherd one another. Because He is the great shepherd. So, brothers and sisters, that's the starting point. So, so let's come back to the practical. What does this all mean? Brothers and sisters, we have 400 people probably. It is impossible. It's 不可能的 For a few responsible brothers, 就几个负责的这些弟兄 ，or a few sisters, 或几个姊妹 ，to take care of everyone， 能够看护到一切所有的人的需求。So brothers and sisters, 就亲爱的弟兄姊妹 ，just like in a family， 就像在一个家庭里 ，surely the father and mother have the ultimate responsibility. 那当然，这父母亲是有最终的这个责任 ，to take care of the kids， 啊，照顾这些孩子们。But Today, Bethany, who is my 12-year-old, she can't drive Elijah and, Be-、uh, and Christiana around. Maybe one day she will. But today she can't. But she can certainly tell her sister or brother, put the toys away. Help them to become responsible young men and women. Let these children become by her measure of life. That she, she can help she can help her younger siblings. 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 To be able to help one another. Now the Lord set the example. We have to pay a price. Have you ever thought about this? Um, do I? Um, when, so when you come to the when you come to on the Lord's day, you see a brother or sister. Like I said, it's very easy to say hi. And then bye. See you next week. The Lord be with you. Right? It's very easy. There's no price to pay. But if you ask them, how are you doing? How is your son? How is your daughter? How is your marriage life? Now. You're committing to something. Now their problem is going to be your problem. And 
Their mess is going to be your mess. You have to pay a price now. No, I, I got to go get uh, go to uh, uh, New Gold City to buy groceries. If I talk to this sister or brother, oh, it's going to be another hour. Then I can't go get my groceries. But brothers and sisters, very practically, that's taking up the cross. So during the week, you're like, oh, I've got all these dishes to do. But then somehow the Lord says, well, maybe you should call the sister. Oh, I can't call. I'm too busy. I have to do dishes. But maybe what you do is pick up the phone and call that sister. Because, but you know that if I pick up the phone, it's going to be an hour speaking to the sister. And then my kids' homework will be in trouble. Or I'm going to miss American Idol because it's on at that time. Brothers and sisters, very practically, that's taking up the cross. And I remember this one brother said, You know what? I don't want to get into brothers and sisters' mess. That's why I just say hi, and then I say bye. And then I leave. Because I know that if I say anything more, their mess is going to be my mess. But brothers and sisters, life is messy. The question is, do you want to be able to help brothers and sisters? People get sick. People die. People have conflicts with their spouses. Kids have drug problems. Kids have issues with understanding all of this sexual misunderstanding. Life is messy. Did you ever think about this? As a shepherd. Right, and uh, you're shepherding sheep. Has any of you ever gone to a farm and thought and said this? Oh, this smells so wonderful. I love being here. This is like being in a luxury hotel. No, it's messy. You know, uh, I read a story of a, of a shepherd who said, the thing he hates the most is during summertime, when it rains during the day, and it's hot in the afternoon. Because you know what happens? The wool is damp. And now, especially towards the tail of the sheep, because there's stuff there, um, Flies love to lay eggs on the on the wool. before you know it, there's tons of maggots. And so tons of maggots. And he says, if you don't take care of it early enough, it gets so bad. That there's no treatment because they suffer so much. You have to kill the sheep. And then you have to burn the carcass. But you have to take care of it early. Brothers and sisters, do you know that when sheep, when they fall on the ground, if you don't help them up, they can die of hunger. 
Do you know that if the sheep go astray, some of them will just start walking in circles. They'll forget to eat and they'll die. Do you know that some sheep in a matter of four hours can forget their own little lamb? Say, oh, I guess I don't have kids. You know, but so sheep are so helpless. But brothers and sisters, have you thought about this? How many of the brothers and sisters in our midst? are struggling by themselves being snatched away by the enemy how many brothers and sisters have been baptized in our midst and we never see them again brothers and sisters we all have a responsibility the question is do we want to pay the price now by our own measure of life if you're newly saved, you can shepherd the unsaved. Bring them before the Lord. But for us who've been meeting for years, are we willing to go a little bit out of our way? Are we willing to get in each other's lives? Are we willing to shepherd one another? When we were younger, we go went wherever we wished. But the Lord is calling us. Follow me. As I have been your shepherd, as I have been the overseer of your soul, are you willing? Are you willing to be the guardian of each other's souls? Are we willing to hold each other accountable? We have to pay a price. And, but that's the first step. Of course, practically. Psalm 23 gives us some very practical ways to how help brothers and sisters. We know Green Pasture speaks about the Word of God. And the, the water speaks about the indwelling Holy Spirit. That we have to go through the, the way of the cross. There's many practical ways that we can we can learn about. But the most important, do we have the attitude just like our Lord? Do we just care about our own interests? Or do we care about interests of others as well? Brothers and sisters. And then, but if we're willing to do this, the goal is glorious. Are we willing to urge each other on so that we all may attain to sonship? Psalm 24 is a wonderful psalm. It's a beautiful song. Are we willing to urge one another on? Encourage one another. Shepherd one another. So that we can all uh, rise to the hill of the Lord. So, one last thing I wanted to share. Um, and uh, well, I, no, I think I think that I think that's good enough. So our Lord is the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And the chief shepherd. Hopefully, this picture. Hopefully, his example can help us to learn on this matter of shepherding one another. 
May we be willing to pay that cost? May we have a few brothers and sisters lead us in prayer. To pray, Lord, and dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you have loved us so that you are with us. Lord, thank you that your Holy Spirit fills us 
and that you have placed your word with our brother Daniel that through your lights you once again shine upon us Lord that on this matter of sonship Lord help us to follow you Lord for you are the good shepherd you are the great shepherd and you are the chief shepherd Lord you are the overseer of our souls so through your feeding Lord that you would lead us that even through the cross that the, the life of your son may become mature in us that we would become useful vessels for you Lord, help us to help one another even within the body, that your life would be lifted out among us, that we would be mature, that we would bear fruits for you, that we would be willing to pay the cost in order to love one another. Lord, may you lift out your beauty among us, that we would bring glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for showing us of yourself our good, great, and chief shepherd, for speaking forth your true and living word. Indeed, Lord, we want to thank you for speaking uh, this word to us and showing us uh, this mystery of the body of Christ. And you are the head. Lord, we do pray that you speak clearly to each and every one of us and stir our hearts that we may, like Peter, to respond to you, Lord, and say, Lord, we are here. We want to obey you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.